Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we're going to learn Daftet Zayin in Maseches Moed Katan. What a great uh, opportunity. Just came back from Eretz Yisrael. Andrew's leaving for Eretz Yisrael. We're like the Shayaros mentioned in Maseches Gittin. We're going to get to Seder Nashim soon. The Shayaros uh, going back and forth from Eretz Yisrael. It's a beautiful schus that we have to do that. And so today was like a little glimmer of light. Otherwise, uh, we're missing next week. But we... Um, you know, when they said Rabbi Akiva, right? He went to study, what was it, 12 years? Then he came back and he saw his wife said, Halavai, uh, he would be another 12 years. When she saw how much he accomplished and um, hard to explain, but without even saying hello or whatever it was, he went right back for another 12 years. Um, well, it works in the opposite way also. You know, there is a uh, merit. And even if you know you're going to have a long stretch, right, of not learning, let's say, together, if you have that one opportunity, uh, then you hop around, right? You don't just say, well, anyways, I didn't learn last week because I was in Israel. I'm not going to learn. We're not going to learn together next week because Andrew's in Israel. So might as well take the Friday off. But Barry, in order to illustrate that we're not doing that, he, he took a fr- he, he gave himself a, a working Friday. So thank you again, Barry, also for coming. And we are four lines down at Tezayin Ahmed Aleph. Let's see if you guys can figure out why this daf um, is particularly, if now that we're in Baltimore, it's particularly appropriate for Baltimore. So, Amarava, see that four lines down? What is going on here? It has to do with a nidui. Nidui, it's like when you put someone in cherem, Andrew. That, I, I don't like the way that sounded, but you know what I'm saying. When someone puts someone in cherem, what does cherem have to do with Mesechus Moed Katan? Well, Moed Katan, as you know, is about Cholomoed. Right? The halachos of Cholomoed. And we know that the halachos of Cholomoed, some of the halachos, um, have an overlap with the halachos of Avelus. Right? Uh, have some overlap. In fact, this parak that we just started, parak Elam Galchin, is all, is where basically all of Hilchas Avelus comes from. If you want to learn Hilchas Avelus, you have to learn the rush on Elam Galchin. It's where all the halachos come from. And we know that the halachos of an Avel are actually applied to Matzorah and to Menuda. When a person has saras or is put in cherem, they have to participate in a sort of self-avelus. They, they sort of do an avelus for, on themselves in a lot of their anhagas, okay? So that's how we ended up all the way from cholamoed to a person who's in cherem. So now we're going to learn 13 halachas, basically, um, that are unique to cherem, as follows. When, and their source. So the first question is, where do we know Right, that you have to send, right, a shaliach, mishadrin shlicha, you have to send a shaliach of Bezdin to summon somebody to din. Now, this has, this is not yet gonna be, he's not yet put in cherem. This is the prelude. This is how he ended up in cherem. He was subpoenaed and he didn't show, as we will see. Okay. That's one way to be put in cherem. There's a bunch of ways, as we'll see. Okay. So, how do we know that whenever you have a din, that you could subpoena somebody to Bezdin? Well, what's the question? Well, it, the, the question is, we'll, we'll see. Dixiv, uh, we'll see from the context. The context here, our paradigm of people who are called to Bezdin and don't want to come and then get put in Cherem are Dasan Vavirim, the famous Dasan Vavirim. Moshe calls them, right? And this has to do with, uh, they did a lot of things along the way, from all the way from beginning to end. They caused trouble. This particular episode had to do with their participation with Korach Ve'adaso, when they were, right, so there in Bamitbar Tazain it says, Dixiv, Vaishlach Moshe Likola Dasan Vavirim Bnei Elihav. So he says, you know what? Let's call Dasan Vavirim, 
Moshe is summoning them. What is the Chiddush here? So the Ran explains that normally one would say it's polite to go and ask yourself. If you want something done right, do it yourself. So Moshe Rabbeinu would normally go and ask himself. But here, when it comes to summoning somebody to Bezdin, you can actually send the Shaliach to, um, right, to, to the litigants and to call them to Bezdin. That's Allah number one. Now, how do you know that you have that you invite them all together to Bezdin? So there, right? So there, the issue is like this. The question is, how do you know that normally, right? You want something from somebody, and you want them. Do you want them, let's say, to to uh, participate in court? So one might have thought that the polite thing we'll say to do is to go to that person's house and to run the din there. Right, to sort of litigate over there. How do you know that you have to make them, right, uproot themselves and come to you? So as we see, that's clearly what we asked Dasan Ravim, right? They refused to go. But the, but you bring them there. Now you may say, well, obviously you have to usually go to the courthouse, right? You don't turn someone's house into the courthouse. But in this context, we have the Dayanim, and it's not really necessarily the building that matters, but where the Dayanim are sitting. So the Havamina would have been perhaps that you bring the Dayanim to the person and make the uh, adjudication there. But no, we learned that no, you take the person, you subpoena them to a Bezdin. Where do we learn that? Dechsev, same Pasuk, Pasuk Tazayin, same Perak. Ve'yomer Moshe al-Korach, ata It's missing the rest of the Hemshech of the Pasuk, which is Heyu Lifnei Hashem, right? That he's, he, Moshe is calling Karach and Adaso to be Lifnei Hashem, which is to say they have to uproot themselves and come to the Bezdin. Lakame Gavarabba says the Gemara, what's the next thing? How do you know that you have to uh, notify, right, the litigants that they have to uh, appear before somebody uh, who is Chashuv? In other words, whenever a summons is given, it's, I hereby proclaim in the name of Andrew Singer that you are summoned to court. You attach it to a name, right? You don't just do it anonymously, right? You take, uh, you attach it to the person who's um, usually the Bezdin. The Bezdin is saying, in the name of this Chashiv Bezdin, we are hereby summoning you to court. How do we know? Dechsev, saying, Pasuk, heyu lifnei Hashem, right? That's the Ein Gavarabba, so to speak. Yosem Mizur, right? That's the, um, by, by proclaiming, and specifying who is in front of, that is what you do when you invite somebody to Bezdin. Okay. Now, at Uflanya, says the Gemara. What is this? The question is like this. That is the uh, claiming who the litigants are. At Uflanya means you, right? And Ploni, which is to say, when you make the announcement and the summons, then the, su- the summons on it says which court is inviting you and who the litigants are. Right, at Uplanya, right? So uh, it's almost, Baruch Hashem, we're in a good place. Andrew and Barry have buried the hatchet and they're the best of friends now. But you remember the early days of Erevin where there was a lot of you know, friction between you and there could have been a Bezdin between you. Baruch Hashem, there wasn't. But it would have been Barry and Andrew are hereby summons to the court of such and such a chutz, right? You spell out who all the litigants are. Where do we learn that? So the same Pasuk says, hey, you lift Hashem, and then it continues to say, Atava Haim, right? The Pasuk itself says, Atava Haim, meaning on one hand, Korach, Vehadaso, Veaharon, right? And on the other hand, the other side of the litigants are Aharon. So Atava Haim, Veaharon, the 
right? The summons explains who the litigants are. So that's one, another halacha of summons, of subpoenas to Bezdin. Uh, Right, so uh, so so Barry points out we're learning Parshas, we're going to be learning Parshas Mishpatim. So we're talking about Bezdin, and Bezdin, of course, uh, and Mishpatim, and the concept of Pshara, and all of these things um, are obviously very much stressed here. These are Hanhagas of Bezdin, and so it is, as Barry wants to declare this as a Dafyomi coincidence, a blue bleeder moment, and we will declare it as such. I'm the arbitrator on that. I've, it's, 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 I'm not worthy of, the, of it, but I self-appointed, so what can I do? Okay. Yeah, thank you. So, so yeah, good point. So mishpatim. All right, it's interesting. Yisro, uh, you, you have a nasev and nishma. I, I, can't, I can't resist. We were not going to make it to the end of the daf anyway, Andrew, so, so you can give up hope now. Uh, <laughs> nasev and nishma. Ain't Torah, Eretz Yisrael, but it doesn't mean that Torah, Eretz Yisrael finishes the daf. Um, the nasev and nishma, so this is one of my pet peeves, sort of like my favorite Devere Torah. Nasev Nishma certainly means that our commitment, right, proceeds, we'll, we'll do it first, right? We have our faith and our commitment. That precedes the, our performance of the mitzvahs. But it, but it is also a promise of Nase and then Nishma. You don't just do blindly, right? We promise to do first and ask questions later, but we're promising to ask questions. Right, so in a way, it's like Nasev Nishma is built into the Yisro Mishpatim because we just read Yisro. We have Maimad Har Sinai, and we get the point. Right, you have a Kadosh Baruch Hu and Mamlech Hashem, but Mishpatim. Now we have to get down to the nitty gritty. We can't just not read Parshas Mishpatim and get into right these details of Bezdin and all the halachas therein. Okay, thank you, Barry. So says the Chsiv Atav Behem Be'Aron. So that's we explain the litigants. Okay, another one. The Kavinan Zimna. Okay, so whenever you have a summons, it has a timestamp, right? When you're supposed to appear, like jury duty, Lahavdil, or not really Lahavdil. Dichsiv, what does the Pasuk say? It says, Ayulah, Hashem, blah, 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 Machar, right? It tells a date, okay? That, uh, in that particular context, it was tomorrow. How about Zimna, Basa Zimna? How do you know that you also have an alternate date in case, you know, you can't go to jury duty that day? Dichsiv, Karu Sham. Now this pasuk already is not from the Karch Vadasa, and, and this is already in Bamidbar. This is from Yirmiyah. Yirmiyah, it says in Yirmiyah Memvav, it says Karusham Paro Melech Mitzrayim Shaon, not Shaon like a watch, but Shaon Hevir Hamoed. I think uh, so. That's that's what this week's Haftar. No, not this week. I'm just saying it sounds like it's from Haftar. Oh yeah, yeah. You re, you remember it from a from a haftarah? I don't know where this uh, where this haftarah is, but I could tell you. Maybe it's a recent haftarah, and we should be embarrassed. I should be embarrassed because uh, why would I say it's a recent haftarah? Because this haftarah is the is the prophecy of Yirmiyo on the downfall of Paro Melch Mitzrayim. So would it have been one of the recent haftarahs where we just read? Like a dafyomi coincidence about the downfall of, of Mitzrayim? I know it wasn't last. I, I know it wasn't Bishalach. Um, maybe, and it wouldn't have been Yisro, but maybe it was Reese, maybe it was Bo. I'm not sure. Um, anyways, right? Because B'Shalach is Shir's Devara. Anyway, Paro, you know, is mentioned in Yermio. You say, what's Paro doing in Yermio? Isn't he even safe for Shmos? But no, when Nebuchadnezzar and the Machos of Bovel took over for the Machos of Egypt, right? Um, the, it mentions that the Machos of Egypt as indicated by the paro, fell. Anyway, 
So hey, Vir Ma'oid. So at that point, right, they called, right, uh, on, on that day, right, that you have to come before Nebuchadnezzar, and it's judgment day basically for you. Okay? Hey, Vir Ma'oid is an implication that the time passed and now we're giving you another alternate date. Okay. I was right? It's Bo? There you go. So between the two of us, we got to it. Not bad. All right. Baruch Hashem. Thanks for looking up, Barry. Okay. So, like, a little weird that we didn't know right away, but amazing that we pulled it out. Okay. That's pretty much where we're holding. By the way, I couldn't help but resist. You know, the, is, the uh, Schottenstein Gemara, uh, I told the guys that I, um, I, didn't, I don't think I mentioned this on the tape, but my, uh, I left my English on the plane. So this is Mamish Taras Eretz Yisrael. And it's interesting, the Gemara seems to imply that there's only, uh, you only get a second alternate date. But the fact of the matter is that if you look at Bavakama, there's going to be that you do get a third alternate date also. If you don't make the first two dates, it's three strikes, not two strikes. Three strikes and you're out. Okay, as far as the date, in other words, out, meaning three strikes to come to, summon, to the summons before they kick you out of, uh, before they give you a, a cherem, right? Before they put a cherem on you. Unless they know that you're doing it on purpose, in which case you're going to put a cherem right away after the first strike. Um, Andrew, the, uh, it could be the English doesn't have it. This is a big chiddush. The Hebrew was written after the English. The Hebrew Schottenstein art school was written after the English and thus has a lot more editing and a lot more content. So if you really want more Ian in your art school learning, you go for the Hebrew. Okay. That's, that's a, just another reason why we're never going to finish today. So anyways, okay. What is this? That if the litigant, right, you go to Dustin and Verviram, and they just, they, they start uh, harassing the shliach. Ve'asi ve'amar, and then the shliach comes back, right, to the court that summoned him and reports that, lo mischazei kalishna bisha. That's not considered lashon har. Isn't it a fascinating halacha? Again, the halacha is, court sends a shliach, shliach goes to the litigants, litigants curse him out. The shliach is allowed to come back to the bezdin and report the cursing to the court and it's not considered lashon hara. Isn't that amazing? First of all, the Havamina that it is Lashon Hara, right? You have to see how care, you can almost learn how careful you have to be with Lashon Hara by learning that this is a Havamina that you shouldn't, that you can't report that they cursed you out. How do we know? Dixiv, again, is Bamid Batazai. Now we're back to Dustin Verviram, right? Moshe Rabbeinu sends for Dustin Verviram and they said famously, Lo Na'aleh, right? How prophetic that was. They weren't going to enter Eretz Israel. But, anyways, they said, We're not going to come to Bezdin. Right? That and they basically said, uh, a curse, like even if you poke our eyes out, we're not going to come, right? So that was an extra Lashon that, to emphasize their point that they're not coming. And in fact, that Lashon was repeated back to Moshe Rabbeinu. Oh, so you see that you're allowed to report not just the fact that they're not coming, but you're allowed to report their attitude and their words, and it's not considered Lashon Hara. And you see here a, a very fascinating balance, right? Because you need to have proper din, I guess, proper justice. And so in the system of justice, all is laid out on the table, right? In life, right, and in private sector, right, we have to be polite, and we have to give, be down l'chaf schus, right? And we have to, um, or, right, all those things, right, where you overlook 
uh, certain things because you don't know for sure and you're not going to judge, right, uh, without knowing and, and so on and so forth. But obviously, right, Dan L'chav S'chus is true in a Bezdin setting also, but at the end of the day, you have to get down to the heart of the matter. You have to lay everything out on the table. And so when everything is laid on the table, even the attitude of the litigants can, in fact, be reported back. And it's not considered Lashon Hara. It's all part of the case, so to speak. Okay? Fascinating. That's sort of like my spin on why this would be. But be that as it may, the Lacha is that you're allowed to report the attitude of the Dayanim when you go to summons them. And now, back more to our Indian. Uminalan de Mishamtinan. As Gemara, how do we know that if they refuse, right, um, to the, the summons that you're allowed to put them in, in uh, Mishamtina means that um, it, it's a bunch of words that are sort of not really synonyms, but in a way, they all mean cherem, what we call colloquially a cherem, an excommunication of sorts, but there's different levels of intensity. So one of it is shamta, right? It sounds like hataras nadarim on Erev Hashanah, right? Shamta v'charamos and all of those kind of, um, of activities Right, are, are different intensities, as we will see in the Gemara, of the same thing, which is basically a form of cherem, just different intensities, as follows. So the first question is, how do we know that we can put this nidui, right? Nidui, shamta, and cherem is all the same thing. So how do we know that we do this, mishamtinan, if they refuse to come to Bezdin, dechsiv? Now this is the Pasuk in Shoftim Perkei. Oru meiroz, we'll see, we don't really know what meiroz is, but meiroz was put in cherem, because... Uh, Dvora and Barak called them to fight against the Knanim, and they didn't come, and therefore they said Oru. Oru here means cursed, right? Oror. So all of this cursing is a form, again, Oror is another form of talking about Cherim and Nidui and, and Shamta, it's all the same thing. So Meroz was cursed for not coming to the help of Dvora and Barak. That's basically what's going on here, as follows. The Hachi Svara the Gavaraba. Right, because this was the idea, right? Um, so, so that's that's first of all, and, and we're going to get to that, and we're going to flesh it out a little bit more. The Orumiros, but first, we're going to ask another question, which is, how do we know that we notify a person who's put in cherem that they are being put in cherem as such, because that was the svara of a gavaraba? How do we know that you have to again, as we said before, ascribe it in the name of a certain chacham, the chsiv? Because the Hemshech of the Pasuk says, Amar Malach Hashem. This is back to the Shoftim, the Orem Moroz. Amar Malach Hashem, right, when they announced, right, Barak and Devar announced that they're going to put Meiroz uh, in Cherem, it was in the name of a Malach Hashem, and so we learn an additional Pasuk. So now we're, additional halachas. So now we're learning multiple halachas from this particular incident of the Pasuk. So not only Right, do we do the Mishamtinon, but we do the Mecharminon. We'll see what the difference in intensity there is. It's a, it's a next level. The Chsiv, I'll, I'll explain it now. Shamta means that you have to have a Rihuk Arba, um, Arba Amos and a curse of Mavis. It's not, it's not Pashit, right? But, uh, but Cherem is even more because there you're Asr Bechol Hana. You, nobody can give him anything except for to for him to live and not allowed to learn with him. So that that's what we learned already yesterday. The difference uh, between cherem, right, and shamta. So, anyways, so how do we know? Oru aror, right. So just to say oru, 
would just be one level of curse, which would be shamta. And to say, oru, oru, the double lashon means it's even the deeper level of cherem, which is charamta. Okay. Now, another question on this pasuk, the achil right? So how do we know, right? So you're not allowed to eat and drink, as we said, from a person who has cherem. That's the difference between cherem and shamta. But not only that, if you do eat and drink with such a person, so then you yourself could be put in cherem. Wow. And again, a person who's within Dalit Amos of a person who's put in Cherem can himself be put in Cherem. How do we know all that? Because again, in that same Pasuk, we're basically fleshing everything out from this one Pasuk. Oru Aror Yoshveha. Right? Anybody who sits with this person is going to have the same fate. Wow. And another question. And all again from the same Pasuk in Shoftim. How do we know that we... Uh, not only, so you may say, okay, so we have to put somebody in cherem. But let's keep it on the what they call the DL, right? The download. Let's keep it private and quiet. No. We have to actually do the opposite. We have to publicize it. How do we know? Right? Oru, so, so the way the Pasuk reads is, Oru, Miroz, etc., etc. In other words, we're going to curse you because they didn't come to help us, right? That's what Devar and Barak, they had a right divine mission and, and May Rose did not come to help and therefore they put in Cherem for Amarula, the Arba Mea Shipure Shamte Barak Lemeroz. In other words, <laughs> what's Shipure? Shofros. In other words, over there, I mean, I don't know how you read that from the Pasuk, but basically it says that Kilobola is Ras Hashem is basically they. Uh, proclaimed at this point that uh, Barak at this point put a cherim on Meiroz with 400 shofros. So even though the Pasuk itself, it's not clear to me um, that this is where, that, where, where do we know there was a shofar? Because that's what they did. But uh, does it say in the Pasuk over there in, in Shoftim that they did it over Meiroz um, I don't see that it says it. If it doesn't say it, then it doesn't really matter. Because the point is that we learn from that context, right? The whole Pasuk is, Oru Miroz, Amar Malach Hashem, Oru, Oru Yoshvea, Kilo, Bola, Ezra Hashem, Ezra Hashem, Begiborim. The Pasuk doesn't mention the shofars. Maybe it mentions it in other Pasukim in that context. But be that as it may, we know that he blew 400 shofars. So the point is, from the context of this Pasuk, we see that these are the Nihugim of how you bring, right, the, 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 the Cherim upon a person. So in other words, Barak certainly was not doing this on, on the sly, right? He was not doing this quietly. He did it with great fanfare. And so that is how uh, a cherem is performed. Yeah, you put on pashkivilim and you make great, great, what they call in Israel, you know, those uh, notices or the flyers that you throw on the ground and you make a great fanfare out of it. In other words, you really publicize a lot of marketing with this cherem. Okay, fine. So that's, that's learned from this Ur Meiroz. So now the, the question is, what is Meiroz? It's, it's about time. Not Khalila Rabbi Rose. So just let's just say that right away. Meiroz is what? So, Machlokas. Ike the army, Gavra Rabahava. Some say that it was a, right, a person of, of great, right, strength who could have been like very helpful in this war. That's right, so it was a person, like a, a general. Some say he was sort of like a constellation, right? So in a way, it was almost this theoretical, not theoretical, but not an actual person where, 
right? Barak was sort of cursing a certain constellation that could have helped them somehow with the war. Shanamar, because in that same parsha in Shoftim, Parakei, it says, Minashamayim nilchamu, and then Hakochavim, Hakochavim. The, the, the Hemshech of the Pasuk is, Mishamayim nilchamu, right, Kama, Hakochavim, Mimsi Osam nilchamu im Sisra. That really, it was like the constellations, so to speak, that were fighting with Sisra, and Barak, and, right, Devorah really wanted them to help in the fight. But as it may, that's his source for the fact that really the Meiroz was going to be one of these constellations and he didn't help in the fight. In the end, we didn't need him. We had Yael, right? Okay. Now, fine. So now we're going to move on to another topic. The, the, the um, authority of Bezdin, right, to punish a person who doesn't, who doesn't do certain things. How do we know that Bezdin can punish? You know, like, so I'm, I'm in the dental field. So sometimes dentist, dentists are like, if it weren't for the fact that they got rishus from the patient, it would be considered assault and battery, right? So like, similarly, like a, like a Bezdin, you know, you're not allowed to hit people. You're not allowed to harass people. So how do we know that a Bezdin could do it? Well, we know that a Bezdin could do it. It makes sense. But where do we learn from? So for example, how do we know that if you have a judgment against you that we could seize your property, right? We're used to this because we know how courts work. But where did we learn that? So it says the Pasuk, Dechsev is the Pasuk in Ezra. Bechol asher lo yavo lishloshes hayamim be'atzas hasarim v'azkenim. Right? A person who's not going to come for the three days according to the sarim and the skenim, right? The, the dayanim. Yacharam kol ruchusho. Right? All his stuff will be taken. V'hu yibadel mikal hagola. Right? And he's going to be sort of ex cut off from the community. Right? Excommunicated as it were. Now, fascinating. Rashi cannot be skipped here. Hu v'chol v'chusho. Says Rashi. De hefker bezin hefker. Says Rashi. Mehacha nafkalan v'chol duchti. This very Gemara, this very Pasuk in Ezra is the source of the concept of hefker bezin hefker. Wow. We're going to be learning hefker bezin hefker a lot, right? Because we're on the cusp as we finish Mod Cotton and Chagiga and then we're on to Nashim Nazikin and deep into the Yeshiva Shemesechtas. Hefker bezin hefker is going to come up a lot. So Andrew's saying, why are you bothering me with this? Nashim doesn't have a lot of it. Uh, let's, let's, let's mention it when we get to Nezikim. In fact, the matter is, right away, the first Masechet in Nashim is Yevamos. And by Yevamos, you already have Yesh Nochlin by Daf Peites. And it's all Lumdus over here, because there, uh, there's a different source for the concept of Hefker, Bez, and Hefker. Maybe there's two different kinds of Hefker, Bez, and Hefker. Rabbi Kiva Eger, don't get me started. The point is, in this context, this is certainly the source for one of the concepts of Hefker, Bezdin, Hefker, that the, that the Bezdin has the opportunity, right, to be, uh, has the authority, I should say, to be Mafkir over here. Okay. So that is the source for that. Now, another question. Minolan did not see none, right? So that, that you can, right, the Vilaitinan, Umaychinan, this is all the, right, you could fight, so to speak. You have the litigants, right? So you could curse them. You can hit them. What's going on? Right? We could rip hair out and make them swear. In other words, right? We could rough up litigants if necessary. Who said that you could do that to a person? So the chsev, the pasuk in the the ariv imam bakalalem bakemem anashim the emretem, which is emretem means you're going to rip out their hair. The ashbiem. So all of these things, right, that we mentioned that Bezdin can do, Nehemiah was talking about what? He was talking about how he dealt with the people who married Shikses. 
<laughs> okay, but be that as it may, right? The hemshech of the pasuk over there in Nehemiah is, and then I'm going to bring them in front of Hashem, and and I'm going to and I'm going to make you swear. Basically, he was um, right being being very harsh and taking his right his authority to do so in order to you know create order and to straighten everything out. And so we see from there that the bezdin as sort of like a proxy for leadership for Klal Israel has the authority to do so. Wow. Okay, now, interestingly enough, we have, like, as a separate question, says the Gemara, how do you know that you could tie up the arms and legs, okay? Ve'asrinon. And, you know, tie them up in order to give malkas. Ve'avdinon. Ve'osin, ve'avdinon, hardafa. And we do for them hardafa. It will explain. The Gemara is going to explain what hardafa is. So how do we learn all of that? So, dichsev, this has to do with a Pasuk in Ezra. The Pasuk in Ezra says, Hain lamos, Hain l'shorshe, hain l'anash, nichsin v'le'esurim. So, as we know, part, uh, parts of Sefer Ezra are in Aramaic, right? And basically what he's saying here, that if you don't come, right, for a din and mishpat, then we're going to, right, uh, we're going to either, we're going to punish them in all of these ways, right? Lemos, right, you could do, mis, mis, we know that there's capital punishment, l'shorshe, uprut, which we'll explain, onshin, Etc. And all of the uh, aforementioned isurin, right, hitting and all that, these are all things that we're allowed to do. So this is not unpleasant uh, things to talk about, but the fact of the matter is that in this context, Dayavash, by the way, this Pasuk in Ezra is where Dayavash is giving judicial authority. That the Pasuk basically here is like this. There was a letter, we mentioned this already before, there was a letter given to the Ole Eretz Yisrael from, from Bavel as they were trying to come back and build the second base of Mikdash, right, post-Purim, a letter given to give authority, right, it was all by the authority of Daryavash, to give authority to self-judge in Eretz Yisrael. So as part of that letter, it mentions all the things that Abezin can do. Oh. Now, the Pasuk, we don't know what L'Sharshe in the Pasuk means. So the Gemara asks, my L'Sharshe, what does that mean? So Amar Ada, Mari, Amar Nechemia, Barbaruch, Amar Avchia, Baravin, Amar Behuda, Har Dafa. That l'sharsha means hardafa. Okay? What's hardafa? Hardafa is you pursue him. But what's, what, what kind of pursuing? My hardafa, asks the Gemara. Amr of Yudah, Bereid of Shmuel, Barshilas, Mishmei, Derav, Minadin Lealtar, Vishonin Lachar Shloshim, Umachrim Lachar Shishim. Hardafa means you pursue the din such that you put the cherem right away, and then you put another cherem after 30 days, right? And then after that, you put the, the, the most serious cherem after 60 days, if you still don't come by. That's what we mentioned with the three chances. That's what the rotfim here means. It means that you actually go out and you pursue him and, so to speak, the fine gets bigger and bigger after, after the first day and then after the right 30-day period and after 60-day period. That is in the name of Rav. Rav Chista had a different interpretation of this hardafa. Which is Masrin Bay Shaini Vikamish Vishani. Right, Bahab. We it's a it's not about the Khairim procedures, but it's the warning. That you persist with your warning on a Monday and then again on a Thursday and then on the following Monday. That is the Hardafa. That you persist with your warning, and that's what the Pasuk means with the Hardafa. Now the Gemara is explaining with regards to Rafhista, Hani Mili Lamamona, Avalaf Kirusa La Alter. The basic distinction, a fascinating distinction, that when this, this, when is all of this hardafa and extra chances and extra warning? That's if the guy, right, violated something of, in a financial setting. 
But if, if what we're talking about is a guy who's getting all of this, right, attention from Bezdin for being, uh, for cursing Hashem Khalila, or being an Apikaris and doing all that, then you just do the Nidah. That Cherem has to go, we have to consider Kavash Shemaim. Now you have to give him a Cherem right away. You don't give extra chances. That's a zero tolerance policy for Kavash Shemaim. Okay. So, you want to hear a story about this, Andrew? Okay, he loves the story. So, who tapcha? This is a fascinating story, actually. Like, it's not easy to be a rabbi of a community, because here's what happened. Local butcher, let's say there's only one local butcher, okay? Who tapcha? The itpakar berav tuvi barmasna. Okay? Rav tuvi barmasna, this sounds very familiar. I feel like we already read this story somewhere, but, okay. So, Rav tuvi barmasna was basically disrespected by this, by this tabach, right? By this butcher. So, imnu alei, Abai Rava, okay, Bishamtuhu. Okay. So Abai and Rava were made aware of this. They judged the case. They looked into it, and boom. They put the butcher in Khairam. So what happened? So what did Tuvi do? So so what did the, the butcher do? He went back to Tuvi, right? And he apologized. So what do you do in a case where the guy, the butcher curses at the rabbi? And then you put the butcher in Kherim and he goes to the rabbi with a sincere apology. So what do you do? Do you dismiss, do you undo the Kherim? Like, is the apology accepted? That's a fascinating question. So Amar Abaye, right, so Fazal Paisal Vadina, so Amar Abaye, Abaye said, Hey, it. what are we supposed to do with this guy? Lishrilai? We're a little bit of a conundrum, right? Because if we undo, right, Lishrilai, should we undo his Kherim? Well, if we do that, Lochal Shamta Leit Lasin Yomim. Problem is, he has not had his usual 30-day, right, knas of cherem, right? He didn't fulfill a sentence uh, for cursing out the rabbi. On the other hand, lo lishrilei, if we don't, right, let him out, kabo rabban lameo, right? What are we going to do? We're not, we don't have a butcher. <laughs> Who's going to, where, where are we going to get the meat? That's the question, right? In other words, there is a practical community concern here. We really do need this butcher. And so he already apologized. So what takes precedence? The 30-day, like are we going to stand on ceremony and say you have to fulfill a 30-day harem for cursing out the rabbi? Or like should we all just, and then what? The consequences, we're all going to suffer. We're not going to have meat for Shabbos for like three consecutive uh, weeks after this. Okay. So Amalei, so Abaye decided, Lerv Idi Bar Avin, Midi so Abaye asked Ravidi uh, Bar if he has heard any halacha regarding to this. Amalei, so Ravidi answered, Hachi Amar Rav Tachlifa Bar, right? Avimi Amar Shmuel, Tot Asar Vitos Shari. So he heard the name of Tachlifa and Avimi. Tut here is a onomatopoeia. Tut is the sound of the shofar. What's going on? That as we mentioned before, that when they did a cherem, they publicized it. How, how so? Well, just like, just like Barak did. Back in the day, the, uh, with the blowing of the shofar. So just like the blowing of the shofar can publicize, right, uh, that we are putting this person in cherem, so you blow the shofar again, right, even if it's within 30 days, and immediately um, release him. That's a fascinating idea, right, because it's not the blowing of the shofar that should matter, right? It should matter whether he fulfilled his sentence, right? It's acting like the blowing of the shofar is put him in cherem. That's just, that's not really what gave him the authority to put him in cherem, that's just what publicized putting him in cherem. But be that as it may, he had learned this halacha that essentially you have the power, just like you have the power to initiate cherem, you have the power to prematurely stop the cherem. 
Uh, that's basically what that means. Just like the toot of the shofar can initiate it, it can also stop it, which is to say prematurely, let's get the butcher back in there. But Abayi wasn't so happy with this. Amalei, this is Abayi speaking to Ravidi, Hani mili lemamona. Oh, so this is where we see that distinction again. Okay, if whatever, the butcher was, right, uh, ga- price gouging, and we put him a chayim for that. So then you can bring him back. Avalav kirusa. Right? But when we talk about covered Shamayim or covered Rav uh, and covered Atayra, so then you don't have the authority to undo it, right? Because in order, until, until he fulfills his 30 day right sentence. Oh. We see from here that Abaye held, that when you have three Dayanim that put someone in you can't just take. Three other dayanim and right and and then undo the the cherem. How so? Uh, presumably, it's in context of the tut tut in a way, right? Because uh, because it, it's it sounds like right. It sounds like Abaya is saying that the same. Uh, you need to have the same authority to undo a cherem that uh, that initiated the cherem. The ibayilahu, right? And now we're going to see. This, this was discussed in the base matters as follows. Let's say you have a case. So that's an interesting question, right? You have the Dayanim that puts somebody in Cherem. Do you need the same Dayanim to take him out or can a different group of three, Chachamim, right, convene in order to take him out? So this was a, this happened. Three people put somebody in Cherem, right? So the question was, Can you bring three other Tamir Chachamim, right, to, to, to release him from the Cherem? So let's see it from the Pasuk. Tashma. We're going to try to bring a right from Brisa as follows. Menuda Larav, Menuda Tama. This is a fascinating Brisa. Menuda Larav means you put in Cherem for Khalila cursing out the rabbi. Okay, so the question is if you put in Cherem for that, then Menuda Lakama Talmud, everybody is going to have to stay away from you. However, Menuda Latalmud ain't a Menuda Larav. This is a question what this exactly means, but basically it sounds like the Rav, um, uh, the, the Talmud basically brought a taina against his rabbi. Right? He came and said, I was cursed out and I'm putting the rabbi in cherem, okay? So then, that's Eina Menuda Larav. That's, not, that's only going to be unique to him, but not to the other rabbis. How about Menuda Le'iro? So again, a person did something that made, that sort of like vilified his own city, and so they put him in cherem. Menuda Le'ir Acheres. So then he's in full cherem, and other cities have to consider him also in cherem. However, Menuda Le'ir Acheres, Eina Menuda Le'iro. That if somehow, Right in another city, they consider they they put him in cherem. It doesn't mean that he can't come back home. He's not considered right menuda as we described. When you when someone's in nido, you can't uh, right you can't associate with that person. So right. So if somebody has like a rap sheet in wherever right in Thailand, that doesn't mean that he can't come back home. Okay, menuda lenasi menuda lechol yisrael. Obviously, if the nasi if you cursed out. The leader that that's going to have a trickle down effect where you're going to be nido lechol klal yisrael and menudo lechol yisrael and menudo lenasi. But if you're nido lechol klal yisrael, you're not necessarily going to be menuda to the nasi. Wow. And Rashi Gamliel Amir, and this is going to be relevant. Echad min hatalmidim shenida umeis. Ah. So what happened here? So one of the talmidim was put in cherem, and then the person who died chelko einu mufar. Aha. So it, it means that the person, one of the Dayanim, right? So you have three Dayanim, put somebody in Cherem, and one of them dies. 
you can't just replace the person who died, Einu Mufar, you can't just replace that with another dayan, right? In other words, you can't just have the two dayanim that are surviving undo the nidui. So what are you going to do? You're going to say he can never get out of harem? So let's see. Shmami Natla, says the Gemara. We're going to learn a couple of things from this. Shmami Natla, first of all, Talmich Shenida Lichvodo Niduyo Nido. That first of all, it's a big chiddish, as we already mentioned, that a Talmud could say, you know what? I was disrespected, right? And he can, in fact, right, uh, initiate an, uh, cherem. That's, right? You would think that out of deference or whatever, or out of hierarchy of power, that he can't do so. And yet he can. Okay. That's the first thing you learn. Because it says, Talmud, Echad Mina Talmidim Shenida. Right? We already learned that from the Brisa, but now we're fleshing that out, that that can actually be a scenario that takes place. Ushmami no, we also learned, Kol Echad Echad, Mefer Chelko. That's an interesting thing, right? Every member of the Bezdin that imposed the, the cherem on this person has to, right, ha- has to take accountability for his participation in putting the person in cherem. And therefore, right, everybody has sort of like ownership on it, has to own that, and they can't just relinquish it to somebody else. That's the second thing you learn. And the third thing is, Hanei Beit Lasa de Shamitu, Lo Asut Lasa for Sherelei. And again, as a corollary to that, that they can't just say and bring in three other people to do it. So that is a long way of bringing a raya from this brisa that you can't just have um, a different bezdin undo a cherem. The same bezdin that imposes a cherem has to be the bezdin that's moderate. Okay. I guess so. Yeah, Andrew's saying like this is keeping these people very busy because it's a big achrayas. Right, you you put him in. You you're the one that's responsible for taking him out. Now, I do think that if you put a thirty day cherem, I think it just expires. I think, right? I, this would so I guess it wouldn't be the end of the world if if he if he dies unless um, right. I don't think I don't think the the, the, the judge or the person putting you in cherem has to still be alive for you, for that to expire, right? Um, but I guess it would, if you did some sort of uh, specified a longer nidui, okay. Now, Amar disagrees. He says that's not the case. He said you could bring any three extra dayanim, and so you could be relaxed about this, Andrew, and, and, and undo the cherem that way. However, Ravashi is saying, is about to say, what about this whole lima that we just had? We just learned the brisa. It says, My love. Eino Mufar Klal, right? In other words, when we said Chelko Eino Mufar, so this is like a partial quote of the Bryce we just said, that he doesn't relinquish his Achrayis, right? He has the Achrayis. First of all, it can't mean Eino Mufar Klal. It can't be that once you bring a, right, Cherem, it's never undone. Rather, it must mean that you have to have the same Bezdin redo it. So this is Rav Ashi asking Amemar on his sheet of getting any three uh, people to undo a by Cherem. So the Amemar, however, is Doche Ravashi's Kasha as follows. He says, Lo. That's not what the Brysa means. The Brysa means, Ad de Asu Beit Plus Achrini Vishorulay. Right? It just means that you're not made for until another Bezdin comes and is Matarit. Oh. Fine. So now we have, we're going to get into the issue of how long does a Cherem last? So Tanarban, any do Pachos Mishlashim Yom. Anytime you put in Cherem, forget about getting out of it within 30 days. Okay? But remember, that's only going to be if it's Bedine. Right, Bedine covered Hatira covered Shemaim. Right, Bedine Mamanus 
we're going to, uh, we could do it. Anyway, Nizifa, Pachas Mishiva Yam. So we're seeing levels. Nizifa has to be no less than 70 days. Vafapisha ain't Raya Dover, Zechel Dover. Shenemar, because that's a Pasuk in Bamidbar with regards to Miriam. Vabia Yeroki Rakba Fanel, the famous idea of the seven days of wait for Miriam, right? Haloti Chalem Shivas Yamim. The Pasuk there says, Beferish, that right, the, the waiting period there was 70 days. That's what's called Nizifa. Right? There's different levels um, right, uh, for, a per, for a person. It's not really Nidui, but it's like a self-imposed um, uh, time for in, uh, reflection, put it that way. Okay. Now, now the Amara, Amar of Chista, Nidui Shalanu, when we talk about our own Cherem, Rav Chista lives in Babel. So he says, Us is Kinezifa Shalahain. Meaning Shalanu is in Bavel, Nazifa is of Eretz Yisrael. What it means to say is, when we put a cherim here in Gullis, in Bavel, we put a seven-day cherim, right? In Eretz Yisrael, the cherim is 30 days, and the Nazifa is seven days. But our cherim is like their Nazifa, in the, in the sense that the Bavel cherim is seven days. Okay, well, wait. When Nazifa did who? Shiva Vesulo? Wait, and, and the Nazifa of, of Bnei Israel was no more than seven days. They were learning the following. They had a certain sugya, and they were harving over the sugya in the base matter. Meaning, this is hard. You ever learn with your chavrusa and you say, we got to go ask the meshiv, <laughs> right? This, we're going to get up. This is an opportunity to go ask the, our, our rav. This question. I think we hit on something that needs to for, for, be further elucidated by the rabbi. What's Rabbi going to say about this? Nobody in the world could be miyash of this. So, so again, Rav Shimon goes back and he asks his father, who's Rabbi, that Bar Kapara said that nobody can answer this. So, Ikbid, Rabbi did not like this. So then Bar Kapara. Right, went to to Rebbe and Amar and Rebbe said to Bar Kapara, Bar Kapara, Eni Makircha Me'Oila. Whoa, Rebbe didn't want to see him anymore. Yada Dinakas Miltabadate. Bar Kapara understood that Rebbe was insulted. In other words, what's going on here? Bar Kapara was a prized Talmud, right? He's learning with the with the rabbi's son, right? And they ask Akasha, and the rabbi's son says, "Let's go ask Dad," right? About this question, and Bar says, "You know what? Even Dad doesn't know the answer to this. This is uh, this is an inscrutable issue." And the Rav actually was able to answer it, and he took it personally. The Bar thought that he couldn't answer it, and there was a form of ziyufir, and therefore nogs nizivusa benafshet losin yomim. What's the What's the end of the story? That he put a 30-day harem on himself. This all took place in Eretz Yisrael. So we see from this Misa that Nazifa is not only seven days, but it could be 30 days. And, Shufpa Mechad, Gaza Rebbe, Shalom Yishon, Talmidim Bishuk. Right? Uh, Rebbe gave a Gezerah. The people shouldn't learn in the Shuk. Right? Don't go to town. My Darash, Chamuke Yerechacha, Kamo Chalayim. This is a pasuk from Shir Hashirim. That when you learn, Torah, it has to be hidden. Right? Like thighs. Yerechechechah's thighs. Right? So it says, my yarech beseter, just like a thigh, mitam tznius is covered, after divrei Torah beseser. So too, divrei Torah should be beseser. You're supposed to learn divrei Torah beseser. What do you mean you should learn them beseser? So he says, it's a, a remez in the Torah, right, that certain aspects of, of divrei Torah, right, aren't supposed to be for the shuk, but it's supposed to be done betznius. So in the Maisa, yatza, 
Rabbi Chia, Vishana the Shnei Bnei Echav Bishuk. Sure enough, after this right proclamation was made, uh, we turned to Ahmed Bayes. So at least we did that. Andrew, you have to look at the glass half full. We always talk about that. Um, so you say Barchana Shama Rebbe Beikpad. Right, so he said it like this. So basically, one of the Talmidim did, in fact, teach in the Shuk, as he was not supposed to do. Rebbe heard about this, and he was makvid. Also, Rebbe Chia is chazur lei. So Rebbe came. Amalei iya mi kar lechabachutz. Rebbe says it as sort of like a curse. Iya is a is an interesting lashon over here, where he says, "Who's calling to you bachutz?" Okay, so he says. Yada did not get milta b'dayte. He understood that this was he didn't do. He went to town like he wasn't supposed to. Nog nizivusa b'nafshei tlasin yomim and again nizivus on himself. The self-imposed one was thirty days. B'yom tlasin shalachle ta. And on the thirtieth day, Rebbe sent back to Rebbe and said, "Okay, come, come, come back to Shear and hadar shalachle delo leisi." And and then he sent him another ada. They shouldn't come. Anyways, the Gemara says from here, "Meikar my savar of itself my savar." The Gemara wants to answer what was the havamin and what was the maskana there. There was a question on the 30th day whether on the 30th day you can come back from Shia. We see from here the precious, every moment of learning is precious, right? And whether you come back for morning Seder, come back for afternoon Seder, it's a big deal. When you be Zoha to take advantage of every moment and to learn at every opportunity, that's what we did today because we didn't. Well, I was in Israel last week. Andrew's in Israel next week. Well, we took the opportunity to learn today. Andrew's upset. All he did was set him back a half of Ahmed. He would have been uh, done a full daf. But at least we were able to learn this daf Torah, Sarah, 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 together. Maybe Zohar to continue. Rezat Hashem.